Hey everyone, Philip here, wanting to welcome you all back to a new season of the Thodcast. But before we begin our first episode, I want to dedicate this new episode to a good friend I recently lost. That's Jake Hertwig, who was in on my first crack at recording a podcast. We called it Genre Savvy, talking about, you know, all things geek ephemera, uh, entertainment, pop culture. So to Jake Hertwig from back home, I just want to say thank you for the memories. Um, You were an incredible person, and you'll always live on in my memory forever. One note about the episode, it begins with just my brother and I, but later in the show, we are joined by Hannah and Jody, so make sure you Hang around for that. You get the full Thodcast experience as we delve into a variety of topics, but specifically the new Frozen trailer. Enjoy! Purple flame, purple flame. Does Purple Flame Army look like the bad guys or the the lost (laughs) Arendellians protecting the kingdom from the mist? There's, yeah, there's... A whole group of lost people. The Arendellians hmm, seem to have like an indigenous tribe living uh, in the northern reaches. Yeah. Uh, a uh, Scandinavian indigenous tribe indeed. The, the Sami people um, in Norway are, are what they're called. Um, Are they a real thing? Mm-hmm. The Sami, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, are a Finno-Ugric people inhabiting Satmi, uh, which today encompasses large northern parts of Norway and Sweden, northern hmm. parts of Finland. Um, they have have historically been known in English as Laps or Laplanders. Laplanders. Um, Sami ancestral lands are not well defi- defined. Uh, yeah, I, I think because uh, they they look European for the most part. Um, Kind of maybe a bit more weathered and like pronounced cheekbones and things like that, sort of like you see in the trailer with those uh, country folk. Hmm. Um, no, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, good morning. <laughs> good morning. And I guess we're probably. I'm I'm gonna, just going to start the episode with my little uh, cover of Prince, I think. <laughs> no, go but, right ahead. Uh, no, I mean, that's what I did at the beginning there. Uh, so this is episode 38 of the Thodcast. Officially, we're ringing in the new season. Um, we had a little bit of a hiatus where I had a, a bit of a much-needed break from recording anything. And Dawson, you... Uh, you had a significant time where you're off and having adventures. Uh, a beautiful season of life. Yes, I got yeah. married. Getting married. 
how uh how is married life it's wonderful and and pretty perfect so far good how are you liking the place i like it a lot it's a good place um it didn't sound echoey until just now my record my recorder hmm. is that does it sound echoey on your end it's not too bad okay so it looks like it's just the two of us to talk about this here um i'm thanks for your interest in discussing i know uh we've both been fairly enthusiastic about this yeah new... it's my most highly anticipated film of 20 uh 20, 2019 is that you <laughs> wait what what <laughs> trees it's treason then <laughs> it's treason <laughs> it's treason then um no i'm 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 quite excited to see you too pal p oh, he's really popped in that <laughs> oh yeah well but more excited about princess elsa than princess Slayer yeah. today <laughs> if anyone yeah. would have believed it no <laughs> well i mean um yeah, we there's plenty to talk about in the Star Wars arena, but uh, today we're just going to mainly focus on Frozen um, and continue our updates uh, on the Thodcast. Yes. And um, yeah, as we converse about anim animation and provide special coverage of Frozen. Uh, An upcoming sequel to Disney's flagship franchise. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> worthwhile flagship animation franchise at the very least yes um and yeah this is uh, exciting to see them building out the lore in the way they are uh this trailer gave us a lot of that uh a surprising amount of information almost maybe more than i would have liked but yeah the uh the first thing i hear is this um you know, in a faraway land. Yeah, the, I thought we were flashing back to old style, old style trailers. What is this, 1980s? Uh, <laughs> and and like, I was almost kind of put off by it. I got up to go to the bathroom, and you know, and then would plan on coming back to finish the trailer. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Putting narration in oh, a wow. trailer in in 2019. I mean, it. You, you'll see it occasionally for like kids movies um but or you know certain animated films will have a narrator i don't know it's it's possible to do it i think and and do it well uh nowadays i mean if you really i can't even think of the last uh, film trailer that i thought did a good job um that included narration. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what the last film to trailer to have narration was, but this one yeah. subverted our expectations incredibly well. I, I was, yeah, I was in, in instantly put off, and then a few seconds later, thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, far away um, as north as we can go. And when I heard that, it kind of clued me in. Oh, of course, this is Maurice Lamarche, the voice of uh, Anna and Elsa's father, King Agnar. He's, That's his name. His signature nice. dulcet. Yeah, he's like my favorite voicing. He does the brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, 
Well, do you think, I wonder how much of a role flashbacks will play. And of course, so that, that cut to the, the child in the Arendelle regalia, the blonde child in Arendelle regalia looked like he was visiting a village. Was that the king yeah. himself as a young man? Flashing back to King Agnar as a young boy or young man, he's got to be what, maybe 12 in this? Uh, uh, yeah, probably. So ten, the beginning ten. of the film will probably open with a flashback of the of the king telling a story, and we'll see shots of him running around this village, and mm-hmm. and then how dangerous it all it all got, and then um, some magic or force associated with that closed off land will then directly impact events in the present, and mm-hmm. Elsa will have to go off on an adventure. Uh, and I wonder, it made me, it definitely lent some credence to the theory that the king might be there up in the north, uh, showing him there in the beginning in a flashback might, hmm, mm-hmm. you know, parallel nicely with him being there at the end. Why would he be there at the end? And like, Well, you know, shipwreck, but maybe like, again, magical reasons or else it was a cover uh, one way or another. He might, he, maybe he crashed on an island and then got picked up by a magical seahorse that ferried him to the mystical lands. And he's been either a prisoner or voluntarily there, hopefully with his wife. Okay. Well, yeah, we do find out that the kids from the first trailer, um, I mean, the the blonde boy is King Agnar um, as a youth and being, you know, caught up in some crazy elemental magic. Um, and then the girl he's with is, uh, you know, would go on to be his wife, Queen Iduna, uh, who's, I guess, a member of this indigenous population, uh, but one of the several who escaped the, um, you know, the curse that sealed off this land. Did you catch that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that there was a curse that sealed off the land. Oh, and, and the girl, you know, the, the girl oh, was yeah. mom. That makes a lot of sense. So in the teaser trailers, those clips that showed like the two kids that, you know, Jody and I were talking about and wondering who they are. Is that, was that Agnar and, and Young? What, what, Runa? What did you say? Um, Iduna, I believe. Iduna. Um, I think they're going with those names, um, which are, I think, derived from the inscription on the uh, tombstones from the first film. Mm. Um, but they're not written in, you know, English lettering. It's like ancient Norm, yeah, Anglo-Saxon rune and runic. Mm-hmm. Love it. So it was unclear if they'd be going with those names in the fully established canon, but I think they are based on uh, promotional materials for the. Yeah. It's reasonable to think that when they were writing the original Frozen, they'd come up with the names for the king and queen and, you know, be fairly confident in them. They're not very, Uh, like, traditional European royalty-sounding names. Um, No, no, they're definitely Viking chieftain names. Yeah. Well, it makes sense for Iduna if she's, uh, you know, not... Yeah, if she's Swami or... Yeah, if she's, like, yeah. Swami. 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 Wow. The names of 
like Scandinavian monarchs are pretty typical <laughs> European sounding, you know, Christian names and, you know, King Christopher or King Carl, uh, you know, Charles, they're styled in different uh, yeah. ways, depending on the language that, you know, you're, you're using really. Um, and no a lot, King, and a lot of King Fjord of <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I think around this time you would have King, King Charles or King Christian, um, in, in Norway. Uh, and then like, there was a point at which like the same monarch was, um, crowned head of state for both Norway and Sweden. Um, they've, they've kind of flopped as to whether there have been two separate you know monarch monarchies for england and sweden and uh norway and sweden <laughs> uh, and and just one um some some conflicts back in those times too that would maybe be fun to explore a la a song of ice and fire yes well it looks like we're gonna get some conflict in yeah. frozen too how, yeah, why uh, do these people start fighting amongst themselves? Could it just who, be? who are they? Who was fighting? And are they still fighting in yeah. present time? As well, far yeah. as the film's concerned. Look, looked like the native people were fighting with the uh, you know, Arendellian uh, people, like the, the guards or the soldiers. Um, there was some clashing of swords. Um, but perhaps this was all brought on by the elemental magic that is starting to occur during this visit by the king. Some of the news lead up said that um, you know the king did something when he was up in this enchanted forest that caused the spirits to get angry, and that maybe uh, ultimately led to this conflict and and the you know the cursed land yeah is that our antagonist the spirits of nature and do we is also on a mission to reconcile with them it sounds like mm. her magic the troll points out that her magic is officially in something inherently dangerous perhaps not good that she could be tempted to be overcome by it if anna doesn't help yeah steer her back to the good side I there was something interesting I noticed watching Frozen again last night. I watched all three installments of the Frozen animated universe, uh, you know, the, the original film, Frozen Fever, and Olaf's Frozen Adventure in preparation for this trailer. Um, and when they're meeting with the trolls for the first time. Um, you know, Elsa as a young child and Anna is unconscious. Um, the, the troll Grand Poppy um, says, I suggest we remove all magic, even memories of magic. So the first thing he says is, is just blanket removing magic mm -hmm. from the scenario. And then he mentions, you know, even memories. But then it, it seems like all he does is remove the memories from Anna. He doesn't actually remove magic. Did he? Did he try? Or, or why? No. Why didn't they? At the yeah, he didn't even try. I it just was kind of left hanging. Um, 
no real explanation. Um, but he, well, he then turns to Elsa and, and said, you know, your, your power, you know, there's great beauty in your power, but also great, you know, danger, fear will be your enemy. Um, you know, so you must learn to control it. And, and then, you know, the king and queen are like, well, until then, uh, we will, you know, close the gates, limit her contact with people. Gotcha. So he, he was talking about taking magic away from Anna, not like the troll could take all Elsa's powers. Yeah, I, I guess that was the extent of it. But it was just interesting that he phrased it as, um, you know, I, I suggest removing all magic and, and then, Ooh. you know, memories of magic. Mm hmm. Does does Anna have magic? I don't know. Uh, clickbait. Elsa Frozen 2, amazing reveal. Anna has ice powers or firepower. It is becoming. She has red hair. Uh, maybe she could have, but now she doesn't because um, her powers were maybe removed by the trolls. Um, you know. Maybe the memory, maybe he, they tried, mm -hmm. but they didn't fully. And, yeah, because if they, if he was able, if Grandpa was able to remove the power from Anna, then why wouldn't he have done that for Elsa as well? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, he maybe can't, uh, you know, straight up disable somebody. He can't um, do what Amon does in the first season of Legend of Korra, stripping people of their bending. Well, there there would be your song of ice and fire right there if, if we got if we got that mm -hmm. uh, the fire sister and the ice sister. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if they went that direction. Yeah, I mean, um, it maybe would work because yeah, we see that they do have a tie to this land ancestrally. Uh, I'm curious about the their like grandparents. It's odd that they don't have any living grandparents. You know, that we've seen yeah good point no one to even live in the castle with them and as as a guardian mm -hmm. i wonder if they got trapped the only living grandparents got trapped behind the mist if they'll uncover a whole new distant family interesting that'd be crazy if uh like the king's parents yeah i i mean i didn't see anyone who looked like the previous king or queen in the trailer. Um, but if they got trapped behind the wall of fog and like he had to return and to, you know, to a rulerless kingdom at a young age, um, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Mm. See how they explain it. Maybe. Uh, and because, yeah, for him not to have any, living parent, you know, for the king, you know, not to have any living parents, you know, at the time of the events of the first film just seems um, like something would have happened. I don't know. People lived shorter lives back then. So. Well, as Lady Bracknell once said, to lose one parent may be regarded as a misfortune. To lose two looks like carelessness. <laughs> what? What's that? Who's Lady Bracknell? It's from the importance of being earnest. Oh, okay. The Oscar Wilde classic. Mm. And then the, yeah, hit, you know, the king's daughters then 
going on to lose their parents. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just a, a strange curse. If Iduna is indeed from the tribe, then that would make sense that her family is still up there. We'll probably see. Yeah, I, I think some of the characters, that's maybe her mother that we see. And that's where the red hair comes from, is her side, right? Well, I, I think red hair is just pretty common in general. In the, Oh, is it? I I mean, that be, be that as it may, she was the one. It, Agnar was from Arendelle, went up north, met the tribal girl or um, Iduna. Mm -hmm. So her relatives would have that. I don't know, Aunt Anna might. And they might all have a special connection to the flame or they guard the flame. They, it, it, will, it will be interesting to see if the people of that world's re, uh, relationship to magic is one of mutual respect, uh, but kind of, you know, distance, mm -hmm. or if there is an active antagonism going on there that they've had to fight against it for a long time or, you know, have to do something to appease it. Um, it'd be interesting to find. I'm really curious how the mist was born and why it was impenetrable and what the Stonehenge obelisks mean. That's kind of just a nexus point for, for, ma for magic in the area. Mm -hmm. Also, if that giant, if the Colossus is going to be, it, it seems going full on, full on Colossus. There's, there's, there's an ancient land that, you know, is forbidden or cursed and no one should go there, but we've got to send our wanderers out and it's guarded by powerful spiritual forces that either needed need to be overcome or appeased. And it, there's probably going to, there's inevitably going to be some climate, uh, environmental symbol, environmental symbolism in here. I think about mm -hmm. magic and nature and, um, mm -hmm. Elsa, Elsa being the most obvious symbol for having such an interwoven relationship between the force of nature and, and human society. The, yeah, the uh, population of Arendelle, I think, is, you know, magic is just going to be kind of a more regular part of this world than traditional real life <laughs> society. Oh, will that will that be the end of the movie? Like magic comes back to air to the world, and and there's little purple butterflies and seahorses oh. hopping in the bay, and the children are like playing with the symbols they, and like bubbles and they, fire. Yeah, all the torches are lit by purple flame, and Elsa and Elsa and someone are king and queen of magic land. Um, they open up the spirit world <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, the rest of the world. Uh, do you think, big quite frozen question for you, do you think this is going to be the end of the series or is there a Frozen 3? So there's been some developments uh, that I haven't necessarily been the most privy to because uh, while I was at D23, I didn't get into the press event where they showed you know new footage or, you know, the... They didn't show, I, I never got to see any of the clips from the film that they showed at the panel. It was all very, um, very closed and like they, you know, had everyone put away their phone, you know, in, in, in these secure locked pouches. Mm. Wow. The panel. Um, so 
yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it's floating out there somewhere, um, you know, footage of the panel. But I, I think it's been said that this is designed to be a conclusion to the Frozen saga. But oh. nothing, but probably not absolutely so. Um, it's, it's just not setting up for a sequel. Okay. As far as it's always a little weird when there's only a, a two and there's not a three. Um, especially when they take the series in a more epic scale direction. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I I've heard that this isn't setting up for a sequel, but that could maybe change. You know, there might be like a post credits, you know, stinger with uh, hmm. foreshadowing. Um, I don't know. May, maybe they would consider doing a series on Disney Plus. That that's always an option. Mm-hmm. So, I I just watched uh, Frozen last night, and um, you know the the spinoff short films. Uh, have you seen? Well, yeah, you've seen Olaf's Frozen Adventure, right? No, you haven't I've seen Frozen Fever. I've not seen Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Oh well, that one. How long is it? It's like twenty minutes. What does it add to the canon? It's, oh my gosh! Well, that's a whole episode. Yeah, it's set during Christmas time. Um, I think maybe a year. Well, yeah, this is their first. Oh my gosh! Yeah, th- th- this is their first Christmas. Uh, uh, you know, after Elsa reveals powers, and so I guess Olaf's Frozen Adventure, I think, takes place before Frozen Fever, because Frozen Fever is back in the summer the following mm. year uh, so that that's Anna's first birthday of the two of them reunited uh the so Olaf's frozen adventure um sets up that like you know there's a whole village that or you know Arendelle's the city people are kind of well you know warm to the fact of you know Elsa and is everything's kind of going along normally but like it, it just kind of further delves into the backstory and, and like Elsa sort of confirms verbally, like we were never together uh, growing up. So it, it, it seems uh-huh. yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I refuse to believe like <laughs> they never saw each other, but I suppose on and Elsa's interactions were kept just very brief because, you know, for any, if, if they were together for any, prolonged duration you know, her powers would, would come out and uh, uh, secret would be exposed mm. but, so Olaf's Grand Adventure does they explore some of the world yeah. and, and uh, you know yeah you get to see the world um, They the animation had come a long way you know in the five years or three four uh, Frozen was 2013 Olaf's Frozen Adventure was 2017 um uh, and yeah, so really, um, I, I was surprised at how much or how far animation had come since the original Frozen. When I watched it last night, it, it did look kind of plasticky. <laughs> oh, to- no. Well, <laughs> I mean, understandable. It's six years old now. Um, but here's the thing. Like the turning point came with the Lego movie. And that was 2014, right? Um, we talked about it a little bit. 
we didn't do a full episode on the Lego movie. Um, what? Why was the Lego movie a turning point for animation? It was the first major animated film to, uh, yep, 2014, to use this um, industry lighting standard called ACES. Um, it, uh, Academy, um, something encoding system, cinematography encoding system, um, that enables, you know, photorealistic light in animation mm-hmm. and visual effects. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that was, a big step forward in, in VFX animation. Uh, yeah, lighting, I mean, really can, it makes, well, light brings light to everything. That's how we see lighting is a, such a huge oh, deal. Oh, color, um, Academy Color Encoding um, System, I think. So not lighting, but it's still Color, true. yeah, more so, oh. which, yeah. Um, and that, that, you know, was what allowed Lego Movie to look like an actual, like, stop-motion animated film. Um, but okay. even that style has since, or that technology has since been used for, you know, other things that aren't made to look like stop motion. Um, it, you know, especially most recently with like Toy Story three or four and, uh, oh, how to train yeah. dragon three, how just everything textures look so photoreal nature and environments, uh, look so, you know, hyper-realistic. They, yeah, they have that video game style um, texture and quality to them, I've noticed. Because video games have been trying to do that forever, like especially making geographic uh, landscapes mm. look photorealistic. And it, okay. it didn't seem like movies were interested as much in that. But then How to Train Your Dragon certainly, certainly looked like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you either want to make it look photoreal or sort of abstract and and painterly like it's been painted by an artist or something and and not like these are assets that someone took from a library and you know sporadically placed around the environment um mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I don't know i frozen still gorgeous but um there's, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of innovation since then a lot of the background characters in that movie are, are just very <laughs> generic. Um, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like there, there are a lot of just unique characters that they show in this new one as Olaf is going around town. Um, he, he like goes door to door to find on a publicity tour. He's, he's... <laughs> he does. He has his own little, you know, <laughs> Olaf, uh, introduction to the kingdom publicity tour um, because he's looking for traditions because Anna and Elsa don't have any traditions for Christmas. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's very relatable to us as Minnesotans. Like, uh, there's like a family. Re- uh, Lepsa is referenced. Uh, Lepsa? So, they have like baking, people have baking uh, traditions, knitting traditions, there's some Jewish people who have menorah, there's, you know, like a macabre joke about Christmas trees where you chop down a tree and you dress its corpse 
in candles? <laughs> you dress its course in candles. And then Olaf, yeah, he immediately subverts it by going, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Typical Olaf style. I, I like that reverse POV shot at the end of the trailer of him running around <laughs> in the. <laughs> it's a very uh, King Arthur, you know, Guy, Guy Ritchie. Uh, remember the, the trailers for that King Arthur movie that came out a few years back? It was like these close up shots on Charlie Hunnam's face as he's like sprinting through the uh, you know, old English village. <laughs> no. Um, I'll have to look that up. Is oh. this like the King Arthur with Kira Knightley in it? Or? No, no, this is the newer one that flopped. The There's a newer Oh, with like the Vikings actor yeah, in it? Uh, I, I, yeah, it was Charlie Hunnam, who's in okay. um, that motorcycle mo uh, show. <laughs> oh, Sons of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, these... And, and Pacific Rim, he was in that, too. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's well. Don't get me started on the tangent about medieval fantasy <laughs> films that are being made in the modern era, a la Robin Hood. Oh god! Because they just need to, they need to stop and figure out. I mean, it could work if you actually made a good one. It yeah. But people are so jaded to the fact that these are just mediocre. It, it would be hard to sell people on something like this nowadays because uh, people are accustomed to the mediocrity so they're just not no, going to show up unless like my, there's good word of mouth we got a new um head stage manager and or tech director at my college northwestern my last year there uh who would had done years and years of professional work on broadway knew a ton of people had a lot of connections but she was sick of it she is she actually kind of hates theater mm. Um, <laughs> uh, she likes Broadway musicals and she likes stage managing them, but mm -hmm. just, you know, she doesn't care. And she likes, she likes film a lot too, because she thinks that's more fun because you go from location to location. Um, but she wanted to get into teaching and wanted to move back to Minnesota. And so we were very lucky to have someone with all this professional experience. Um, she said, uh, she has a friend who has written the best King Arthur script ever. Oh. And that if that, and that, that might be getting made and she might get a chance to work on it. I haven't heard anything since, but I'll have to check in with her on, on what's going on. I don't think it's the King Arthur movie that just got made. I really hope it isn't. It, uh, the, the timing was working out where when she told me about it, it, you know, it might've been like, cause I feel like I heard about that King Arthur movie fairly quickly mm -hmm. after almost too quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just, medieval legends i mean could be its whole universe because it is one you know you could have king arthur you could have Joan of arc you could have robin hood you could have um ivanhoe which is is robin i can't remember uh i don't know i mean most of these stories have been done to death kind of across various media but uh yeah not in like really epic films though i mean there hasn't been an epic medieval fantasy movie since lord of the rings like no one's really been able to do do it right do a good job narnia got close those were really the first two i thought yeah. were really good um game of thrones on tv and other other shows yeah. have done it as well vikings a lot of people like vikings mm -hmm. last kingdom 
I think a lot of people like, but I, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> they just, it's so, you can't have a low budget on a, on a medieval fantasy film, but they all do for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Anyway, tangent. Yeah. Um, well, it thrills me to no end that you're excited about this film. We just scratched the surface of the trailer. Uh, did anything? Did we? Oh, well, no. well, <laughs> but Jody and Hannah might actually be joining us, so that's okay. Okay. And this can be a, a bit might... of a longer episode. Okay, I'll be I'll be able I'll be available for a little crossover if that's okay yeah. but um no then I'm, i think um, i do mean to go yeah first. i, I want to maybe ask you a few more things about the trailer did anything about the music stand out do you think um i didn't pay very yeah. close attention it sounded good yeah um, i really I, like there was that sort of theme that played towards the beginning of the trailer there was like the harpsichord music as um the king's narrating um and then it goes into this like 10 note um, melody that sounds kind of like rocketeer music or something so it could just be very like huh. generic trailer music but it's very pretty I, I wouldn't be disappointed if it were used you know as part of the score or soundtrack um, you know the, it's it's been it's late enough in the process where you know the soundtrack and many of the songs uh, are just in the can ready to go i well i'm i'm sure all of that's ready to go um the only thing left to do on this film is just certain editing i'm sure um they have (laughs) the final render is about 63 percent of the way through and they're all just like okay this needs to be done maybe some scoring (laughs) maybe some scoring i they might be done rendering honestly um i don't know if they consider a wrap when they're done with rendering or just done with like the animating. Um, so yeah, hard to say. Um, they, Cause they have shown a couple of songs and I haven't heard any of the songs. There's that number when Elsa gets called off by that mystical voice into the wilderness. She has that sort of sequence in the dark, it's like in some ethereal void, etheric void, with uh, you know sparkly objects kind of dancing, dancing around her. You saw, we saw some clips of that in the trailer. Mm. Um, it, I, that was a funny line. Like, is Elsa acting, you know, kind of strange to you? <laughs> oh, she's Elsa's Elsa. She's acting like Elsa. Um, very. Uh, because yeah like elsa's i mean neither elsa nor anna were very well adjusted people in the first film yeah they actually have to sit with each other now and explore those relationships and i i don't know it's i'd probably be pretty i feel like christoph yes well relationships in general i mean they were both very isolated but elsa extremely so if they all go on a quest together, it's gonna to be it's gonna be full of that those little tug of wars and the, tensions and awkwardness and miscommunications. Yeah. The awkwardness is going to be palpable. Um, and Kristoff well, too, you know, he'll be comic relief. Kristoff will be comic relief, and he'll there will be so many scenes where word exchanged. Anna gives him a sharp look, and he goes, "What?" That's going to happen at least 12 times. <laughs> it's kind of sad, though. Like this, that whole thing of like isolation is is really typical of like 
royalty, I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're just in their own little bubble. Um, <laughs> and you know, no matter what the situation, you know, their ability to relate to the common ordinary folk is sort of uh, limited. Yeah, that's why they all crazy oh, and crazy inbred. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, uh, these characters are just very, I, they feel very natural um, and, you know, not your typical you know, um, aristocratic, you know. Well, Anna certainly story. tried hard throughout her life, mm-hmm. I think, to be normal because mm-hmm. of how extremely uh, strange her family was and mm. so she'll be the are in you know the audience is into the story mm-hmm. um i it's i can't imagine really what they'll do with christoph other than him being comic relief like will he have much of an arc i don't know um is sven sure gonna have an arc <laughs> sven finds his family yeah 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 uh, the queen from the first, you know, Aduna is carrying a baby reindeer as she's entering Arendelle across the bridge. If you notice that, um, so the the uh, yeah the native people have a strong connection to uh, reindeer. Um, th- if you notice uh, Anna's sword that she's holding. I, I guess the one that she takes from Kristoff, it looks like it's made out of ice. Oh my, yeah. ice forged steel. Yeah, I, I think legendary blade forged by the elements. Maybe it's just off. covered in ice because someone blasted it with ice, <laughs> or you know, because the elemental magic. But maybe Elsa did make a sword out of ice. Elsa absolutely buffs all her party members and gives them weapon enchantments. It's just, it's basic level mage ability. Well, you see Anna draw it from Kristoff's belt. So it's a sword that's made of ice, but also capable of being carried. Um, You know, and and like, it doesn't just melt as soon as you're done using it. Well, because Olaf doesn't melt, so. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's um, it's room temperature ice. <laughs> there'll be a big there'll be a big battle at the end of the film, and all the the tribes people will be like, "Oh, we feel so outnumbered." But then Elsa will will raise mm-hmm. her hand, and then all their swords will just like crystallize into ice and be extra enchanted. Well, who's you know. who would be an enemy to be fought using weapon, like traditional weapons? Like, there doesn't seem to be at least uh, as the main conflict at the end of the film, we see people fighting with weapons early on in, in the flashbacks, but at the end, it seems more that it's just these crazy mystical threats. Yeah. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're linked because did it, the, was it for sure that the King's soldiers were fighting Northern tribes people or. I think so. I, th- I think they were fighting because they probably think that, the magic there's a whole bunch of magical phenomena that are happening while the the young king is there and um mm-hmm. this, this maybe causes an accident to happen and some kind of misunderstanding you know so they the soldiers think that the natives are like you know using magic to 
attack them or something. It might be cool if there was still, if there was a human or antagonistic force, like a villain, if there was a villain in this movie yeah. who was living in the enchanted realm and was specifically using all that elemental magic for ill. Maybe. Um, it, at the very least, seems very action heavy. Um, just the uh, action. I mean, the troll yeah. shows you that vision of mm -hmm. the, the, the arms with swords clashing. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're headed into that. Like, there's still, there's still something going on mm -hmm. up there. Some, so I hope there's a good sword fight other than just a little quick moment in the beginning. Yeah, hard, not, hard to but, say. I mean, lots of elemental, you know, chaos and uh, mayhem. Oh, the earthquake in the village, we didn't talk about that. Yet. Oh, yeah. Um, Seems or that... some calamity befalls and they all look on and look on in horror. <laughs> they all have to build the flee. The reaction you know, makes it look like it was destroyed or something or large Amazing. chunks of it. I, I don't think the entire kingdom or the entire village will be destroyed. But at least um, heavily damaged. All the people, are they going to have to go to Norway or the, the Duke of Wesselton? <laughs> They'll have to refuge in his land. Hansel will have to come to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Will Hans return in Frozen 2? I think he is, actually. I think Santino Fontana, the voice actor, is like confirmed to return and reprise his role. Um, wow. I did read in one article. I, have, I haven't checked IMDb. I don't know. Do I dare? Do I want to spoil no. myself? <laughs> um, Stay away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you notice the little like gecko creature? That was cute. Yeah, I did. I, 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 that was that was the moment when I noted the teaser trailers had this really austere ambient and mysterious and quiet austere, and like that's epic. Yeah, all those vibes were going on, and I was like, "Wow!" If I didn't know this was Frozen, I wouldn't know it was Frozen. And then the full trailer comes out, and there's the humor, there's the cute things, there's the funny dialogue, there's the. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is a Disney movie again, for better or worse. Um, yeah, it a cute little gecko. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not Rapunzel's chameleon, but it's a little white guy, and it'll be <laughs> who knows what role it'll play. Probably not very Probably significant. <laughs> um, I I am okay. I, I did check the IMDb because I wanted to double check Sterling K. Brown's role. He plays the voice of Lieutenant Matthias. Oh, a character who presumably gets stuck behind the wall of mist uh, when it closes. And uh, yeah, he's like, how did you get in here? How did you get in here? Where'd you get your magic? What's mm -hmm. going on? Mm -hmm. How did they survive? How did <laughs> for, for like close to 40 years, it has to have been uh, maybe 30. That was the flashback is what maybe 10 years before elsa's born oh yeah well okay so that cap the matthias guy was mm -hmm. he that age when he went in with at I, with i think he's aged up a bit i think he's more noticeably more gray in the present than in the flashback you referenced you know how kind of gritty and austere the first two trailers appeared and um yeah there there was a tonal there seemed to be a tonal shift uh 
or but, but not least... too de- I, I it wasn't detrimental for me at all actually i mean what about you did, did it no uh yeah. not no not detrimental i just mm-hmm. um although yeah i i mean i am not put off by the frozenness of any of it certainly uh, i'm you know. and i'm not either mm-hmm. i was really intrigued and excited by maybe a darker take on things mm-hmm. or if if this film was going to have a, a significant if you were going to go in and watch it and it was somehow going to just feel a lot more epic than the first one and mm-hmm. i think i think it still will maybe well maybe not a lot but um i don't know well the first two trailers definitely didn't seem like it was going to be a musical at all mm-hmm. but it's going to have to be a musical so yeah i'm ex- i'm still i'm excited i'm still excited um and i hope i hope the swords get put to use mm-hmm. i hope the adventure is full of peril mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I hope there's a, a good battle between good and evil yeah. or something like so. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be kept fairly contained. I mean, it's just going to focus on this adventure in the wilderness mainly, mm-hmm. um, but ripe for plenty of good storytelling overall. Oh, Anna does use the word epic in the trailer. Yes. Yes. I don't know. That that seemed a bit of a stretch to what a kid that young. Yeah. <laughs> know what epic means. Probably. Well, there, yeah, there's a lot of anachronistic dialogue in these films. And I'm fine with that. I like how conversational it feels. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where the the key and the tonal difference is. is if you watch the teaser trailers, you might well, maybe they're going for a really authentic, uh, you know, style. The, the and then speech pattern. Like, no, we're, you know, speech. Like, yeah, right. Um, the old then we're right back into the modern. Hark, cave. sister. Step no further. Yeah. Dangers yeah. here. <laughs> Be live. Um, the, yeah, Anna refers to Hans as her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> my, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend who I knew for a day. Yeah, she didn't say ex-fiance. Wow. Well, I guess um, yeah, fiance. I, I, if uh, yeah, is my, he, my does he mean nothing to her? <laughs> I mean, she he should mean nothing right. to her. Because well, will he come back uh, apologetic and somehow trying to redeem himself, or will he come back as a as an even more confirmed yeah. villain? That's, I don't know. There's a theory that his turn was caused by the trolls. Uh, that the line in the fixer upper song where they're like get the fiance out of the way and the whole thing will be fixed so he that would explain how convincing of a hero he was in the beginning and then just mm-hmm. switch to a bad guy randomly wow <laughs> we 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 used our we didn't know what the magic would do but we just cast bippity boo get away from you and <laughs> evil it uh caused a rift in the space-time continuum yeah where where he was meddling all along oh boy that's good that's good to me what would i do without you you'll always have me has elsa seemed weird to you she 
Seems like Elsa. There's this voice. Voice? What does that mean? Head for the cliffs! I'm gonna blow! I've got you! The kingdom is not safe. Find who is calling to you. They may have answers. I'm going with you. Anna? No. Excuse me, I climbed the North Mountain, survived a frozen heart, and saved you from my ex-boyfriend, so, you know, I'm coming. That's normal. Where are we? How did you get in the forest? The mist parted for us. Impossible. Where did you learn magic? Dawson, um, thank you for talking Frozen. You're the Anna to my Elsa. And um, we'll... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, there's Hannah. She just joined. Um, so, Dawson, you're free to do All right. You... Hi, Hannah. Good with... to see you. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get all four on for an episode, hopefully, someday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, isn't yeah. she coming? Oh, is she? I'm tired. <laughs> Sorry. Me too. I've already talked Frozen for an hour and a half. Wait, did you talk so about you the trailer? Have... We, we've, we've been chatting about things. I'll be um, killing you. We just woke up we... for this, Patrick. Oh my God, I just said Patrick. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Well, I, I earned that. What are we talking about today? Yeah, uh, the, the Frozen official trailer 2. Y'all kids have fun. They call it. Dawson's good heading out because he has to leave. Okay, Dawson. So, have fun being married. Yeah, good to see you. Let's do, we'll do a full episode soon. Yes. Bye bye. Congrats. Yes. All right. So, Philip, we're dying. So, sorry. Okay. This means welcome to part two of our special coverage of Frozen 2 on the podcast. Um, you know, once again, I'm Philip. Uh, wow, you guys are here, and thank you so much for joining on this early Monday morning. Um, so y'all uh, saw the trailer. So how are you? How are y'all doing? Just to start off, um, I'll I'll start with you, Jody, joining us from uh, Atlanta or from um, well, Georgia somewhere in that vicinity. Yep, yep, I'm in Georgia and it's been a hot minute since we podcasted, so I'm ready to cool down and talk about Frozen 2 a little bit. I've been doing great. The summer's been super busy. Uh, the three of us were at D23 recently. Um, we spent some time at Disneyland and I think we've all been sort of all over the country a little bit with work and play. So it's nice that we get to sit down and talk about this sequel that's so highly anticipated um, and the new trailer that just came out. Hmm. Awesome. And Hannah coming to us from Minnesota, I believe. Yep, that's where I, I landed my plane here. Um, I'm so excited to get back into the podcast. And I think it is so exciting that they released some more Frozen 2 for us. Oh, man. Uh, what did you think? I started the conversation with Dawson saying like, what is this narration that I'm hearing in this trailer? That seemed really bizarre for a modern like trailer in 2019. I think sometimes you'll see that with like animated movies, you'll have a, a narrator. 
uh, for a trailer, but um, it ended up not being that. Thankfully, it was actually the king, you know, regaling his stories of being a child. Um, but yeah, the that was the, kind of my first impression. Um, whoever wants to jump in, uh, how, how did this trailer hold up to the previous two? Yeah, so I just, uh, I've only seen it three times, so I'm probably missing a ton of details because there is a whole lot of content shoved into that two-minute trailer, I think, mm-hmm. is the length of it. Um, yeah. I had the same weird feeling with the start of it being like, there once was a forest uh, narration, <laughs> but but once they showed that it was a father telling the story and it showed the uh, Elsa and Anna listening as kids, I love because like I said before, when we were talking about mm-hmm. Frozen 2, I really am looking forward to seeing more scenes and more of that family dynamic that was happening before the parents disappear. And I think this trailer is showing us that we are going to get uh, more more of that in, in this film. Um, I think the storyline isn't what I expected based off the, of the teaser that we got, um, which isn't a bad thing or a good thing, I guess. Um, I'm still sort of just soaking it in, but it looks like it's going to be pretty epic. So that was sort of my impression of it. I do think I liked the teaser better just because I could let my mind fill in the blanks a little more. And now that we're getting more of the structure of the story, um, mm-hmm. my imagination has like less wiggle room. Do you know what I mean? But but overall, I, I'm getting more and more excited for November 22nd. So this trailer was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had the first teaser that was really vague, but also just really tight and atmospheric. Uh, and then the second, tr- the first official trailer, which was shorter than the teaser even, but just gave us more details about the, the story, gave us some dialogue. Um, and then now this one, which does feel like a fully fledged trailer. Uh, Hannah, what did you think? Um, I think that it wasn't the same vibe as the first things that I had seen from yeah. the Frozen 2 stuff. So I was a little confused, again, with the beginning narration, but more so overall, I thought the trailer in the animation part of it so the lighting and like just the overall vibe wasn't very frozen to of what i'd seen and it almost seemed to me like more of an action like rinky dink film than it would be frozen to like this big thing we've been leading up to like this trailer didn't make any sense with the other trailers and i feel like disney tricked me into thinking it was going to be something different Hmm. It's not uh, the most positive spin on the trailer. <laughs> I'm I, I still mean, positive about it. Like, I'm <laughs> still super excited. I just think, like, fr- from the other one where it was, like, Elsa going on this story of self-discovery, I feel like this feels a little different. Like, I'm still excited. Like, I love the purple outfits. I love that they're, like, traveling through different areas. I think mm-hmm. there's just, like, so many characters in this new trailer that I'm worried that it's going to be, like, a mushma fluff, like, there were so many new faces like they're meeting those people in the forest and then you have the trolls and then you have um anna with her sword like battling the people with the white hair that are asking about the magic like there's just so much going on like i'm not sure how long this film is going to be but i'm hoping that they don't like shove in all these elements and lose the the story do you know what i'm saying like i think that's just my little fear that i got from this trailer but trailers aren't necessarily like 
the definition of what the movie will be like maybe they spread it out a lot more i'm just a little nervous by all these new people that we're meeting yeah like maybe it's just sort of a action adventure romp without a whole lot of substance behind it is that what you're yes that's exactly you phrase it so much better better than i do yes Mm -hmm. like i'm scared it's going to be all of these like huge scenes these beautifully animated Uh full scenes but then we're going to lack on the heart like of the story right like all the elements that we knew that we loved from frozen before i think might get lost if it's too action-packed and too trying to be something that it's not because the best thing about the first frozen movie is that it made us rethink the entire disney library with like the little comments that were you can't fall in love on the first day and like those kind of things Mm. and i just felt like the first one seems so intellectual for a children's movie Mm -hmm. that now we're just going back to sword fights and running around and i don't really know what's going on Hmm. excellent point about how the original frozen really yeah I, i feel like it recontextualized the disney uh, animated film library for me at least, uh, but probably for a lot of audiences in general, it was kind of a, a major revival for this mode of storytelling. You know, the Disney fairy tale. Um, I mean, it kind of was the follow-up to Tangled, which had come out a few years earlier, but just exploded in success on a level that just few films had seen before. Um, I guess The Lion King was kind of the, the previous time that you know something had hit on that scale um and and yeah frozen just bringing so much new um life to uh the disney fairy tale and uh, personality really um i mean i like i'm excited by the prospect of just more action because i love action films and you know it's my favorite genre um, but it does have to have a strong emotional component in order to be, you know, a good movie overall. Right. What was your, like, after you watched the trailer for the first time, what was your kind of like, got response? Were you a little overwhelmed? Were you underwhelmed? Like, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I was kind of overwhelmed. I, well, there was so much detail and I so had to much. go back and yeah, pause. Um, it, it just kind of made things a bit more clear i i think it really um went in the direction that you know i thought everything i'd heard up to this point made it seem like it was going uh, that this would be sort of a contained story set in this mystical land that had been sort of cursed um you know that the king had had done something to trigger this, this curse um, right. They say in the trailer, no one can get in and no one can get out. Is that essentially the curse of the forest? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know, some strange elemental fog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that ties directly in with Elsa and Anna and, and their family. Uh, who knows, maybe even a connection to the storm that, you know, took the parents' lives. Do you think we're going to see their parents in the present? Like, do you think we're going to find that they, you know, miraculously got sucked into this forest or something without like a 
rhyme or reason they're they've been saved um because i mean of course we have those clips of them in the childhood but Mm -hmm. do you think that we're going to see them coming back yeah i mean dawson suggested that like something along the lines of the the water spirit you know that horse uh the the neck um could have like swooped in and rescued the king and queen (laughs) or or um you know, may- maybe we'll just see them in like a spectral form. Um, but, uh, I mean, that horse spirit seems to only be hostile until Elsa kind of wrangles it using her ice rope. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I'm like letting this thing play over and over in the corner of my mm-hmm. eye. Um, mm-hmm. And it just showed that part of her wrangling it. And I mean, I'm just curious to see like why she's at the ocean to begin with because all the scenes of them traveling they're all together do you know what i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious about the order of events as well after watching this trailer yeah. i guess i thought it was going to sort of start out as her like just practicing her powers and maybe it was like some weird dream she was having and then they'd go on this adventure but but i am curious to see if they get separated or what ends up happening with that i really hope that they don't get too repetitive with elsa being like anna you're not strong enough you can't come me or like, Anna, you can't just do that. Because like, we already saw that in the first movie. And I really hope that they let the character grow with this one. Because it's like, Anna has pro- proven that she can do things. So like, I'm a little curious about that too. Is like, yeah. how many times am I going to hear that Anna can't do things? Because that's going to be a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How, how is anyone other than Elsa going to fight Cross- off? all of this magic though Chris, i don't know did you see that huge rock creature like who could defeat that giant i don't know what he is it's mm-hmm. like marshmallow but made out of stone i don't even think ice something like yeah. that this trailer has made me realize that i'm all for like <laughs> other characters getting powers if it means like servicing a, a bat like an epic climactic battle uh, you know, towards the end of the film, like in order to fight off these forces, they have to use magic. And so Elsa, maybe Anna gets elemental powers somehow. I mean, I, I think that people be- commenting that, that they think she's going to have fire powers. I do not think that she's going to have powers. That's my guess is that she won't. Yeah. On the surface, I don't want her to have powers, but if it suits the story, then I'm okay with it. That's the thing about this movie is I feel like they want Anna to be more powerful just because in the trailer she does say, well, I climbed up the North Mountain and all of these things, so I can come with you. And then there's the little moment where Elsa says, "Um, don't follow me into fire. And then Anna said, well, don't run into fire. I feel like that was so sisterly. And it's almost like... Kind of what Jody was saying, how we have this repetitive theme of Anna constantly not being good enough, but then having to prove herself. But maybe if she did have powers, it would finally make Elsa see that Anna is worth something. And honestly, even children that meet Elsa and Anna, they just kind of go right for Elsa because she has the powers. So Anna needs something <laughs> to like give her a leg up. They yeah, the kids do not care about Anna. Like kids, Elsa and Anna walk into a room and it's. Elsa, Elsa, like yeah. nobody 
cares about Anna. So like maybe they have to give her a power because like <laughs> to make her like worthy of standing next to her. Disney's like, wait, nobody wants to meet her at the meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's I'm, like a little. Yeah. It's a little sideways, but I also don't think it's necessary for Anna to have powers. And I'm more confused now of what Frozen 2 is than ever. <laughs> That's me too. That's exactly how I felt. I texted Hannah after I watched it. I was like, I hope Philip has an idea of what's going on because I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I, it's, it's the story to save the kingdom, ultimately. Well, it makes no sense. And why is the Duke of Weaseltown still there? I, is where he was in the he? trailer? I didn't Washington. see him. I, I thought I, they I, showed like a little glimpse, but I could be wrong. There's a crowd scene of, you know, the Arendelle townsfolk kind of looking on in horror. It looks like, it, you know, as their village is being... Um, and if destroyed. all of them are leaving, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Sven, Olaf, like all of the main characters... Who's watching the kingdom? Watching the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the council. I guess the same. Whoever was watching the kingdom well, like, before. Well, explanations. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I'd like to see some further development of the kingdom and some of the residents, you know, the denizens of Arendelle. Um, the, the trolls are heavily involved. Like the trolls are fully um, enveloped in the population you know the human population of Arendelle as well mm -hmm. um, they've stopped hiding um, so and they're the ones you know. who have more of the information I think about the forest right they're sort of the ones yeah. that are they know that mythology and and the history so they're sort of going to be that link I think between like Arendelle and this this hidden forest kingdom like we need somebody that can like be the link and, that, and then that's going to be them but guys can we skip to the part where Elsa's wearing purple constantly. Yeah, she, <laughs> the color she of has royalty. She has the purple nightgown that I've seen before, and then there's this new dress. Yeah, that... the lacy one. Yeah. Love it. I wonder when that takes place. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just giving her this color because now she's like the queen. But I'm all about it. I mean, Disney, this is sort of just more about colors now. But Disney has so many blue princesses. It has Cinderella. It has Jazz. It has Aurora in the blue. There's so much blue that, like, this purple is going to shine bright in the princess lineup. I know they're not technically Disney princess. Um, mm -hmm. What's the name of it? Like, they're not technically part of that lineup yet. Yeah, but, the princess line. Right. Like, they're their own separate little entity. But mm -hmm. when you put them all together, like having her in this royal deep purple, she is going to stand out like the star she is. She, uh, well, purple and green are the official colors of Arendelle. So uh, she's just representing, she's, she's being patriotic. So yay or nay, ultimately, on, on Anna getting powers. Nay, if it's going to make the story more fluid. Nay, if they're just giving her powers so she's more popular at meet and greets. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Hannah, Hannah, what do you think? I don't like want her to have powers. I want her to be a normal girl that loves chocolate, just like me. Uh, I say yes in order to fight off the, you know, the, the crazy rock. rock, you know, the earth, the forces of earth, wind, and fire. We're dancing in September here. Um, I just don't get how Elsa like has been fighting off her powers her whole life. 
And Anna, like, had no idea that they were even, like, there until it was conveniently placed. Well, it could be something to do with the woods themselves. Like, maybe that fog carries some type of magic that affects the royalty. Like, we don't know. Like, they could they could tie it in seamlessly if they wanted. I mean, not seamlessly, yeah. but they could tie it in. Well, I, I think it would be best if Anna were given powers, but temporarily, just oh. as a, you know, pragmatic thing. To, so that she can help in the efforts to overcome these, these forces. Um, you know, Elsa gets to keep her powers, but as we see in the trailer, she's kind of grappling What if they with, take away Elsa's powers? I do not want that. <laughs> <laughs> Philip would like write the biggest strongly worded letter to Disney ever. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, you're stripping her of her, you know, uh, agency her as a female uh, yeah okay, and, rep with the five and under crowd but she is facing off with like the temptation to overplay her power um the the troll you know the ever wet blanket a uh, grand poppy troll <laughs> is you know cautioning about how elsa's power you know runs the risk of getting out of control. Um, and so that'll, that will be an interesting conflict to me uh, as, as sort of a thematic source of substance, you know, below the surface, you know, Elsa, um, you know, deciding how much her powers are actually influencing her decisions and her identity. Um, I think that that does make for an interesting discussion uh, and exploration, especially considering what you have noticed concerning like Elsa's popularity compared to Anna. And yeah, that probably just does have a lot to do with the fact that, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the character who has these amazing powers? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with it. I So even though they showed us a ton in this new trailer, I guess I still have so much more to learn about it because... I'm more confused I'm now than ever. Oh, I'm happy we had Philip to lead us through it a little bit because I feel <laughs> a little more calm. It was just a lot of 8 a.m. to soak in. It was a lot. Like, I think everyone can agree with that. Do you know if we're going to get one more trailer before no November rolls around? I don't think so. There'll be TV spots, but... Probably not much more footage. They they showed a full length clip of a, one of the musical numbers at D23, which we did not see. Ugh. Uh, we didn't get into the studio's panel at D23 because it the because reservation process. <laughs> we didn't know uh, the rules of D23. Yeah, we didn't know you had to like go on your laptop six months in advance and keep clicking refresh. <laughs> like there was a reservation process for the panels themselves right and i didn't get access to any of that i got through the queue into the reservation page but everything was filled up that's what a friend of ours said her her um like one of someone she went with waited mm -hmm. six hours online and then got to the end and everything was gone yeah. Do you want to be spoiled on any of the details from this clip? Yeah, spoil me. Um, spoil okay. us. Okay. Uh, here goes. 
Um, there, the group is playing charades, and we mentioned this on a previous episode. But and this was something that had come out at a previous press conference um, in at the Annecy Festival in France. Um, but during this clip, uh, Anna and Christoph they're talking about Elsa. You know, does she seem weird to you? She seems like Elsa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is when Elsa's going off following the voice. Well, unbeknownst to Anna, Kristoff has a surprise in store. Wow. Um, as she's like walking out the room, compa- you know, concerned about Elsa, he's like down on his knee, holding, <gasps> a re- <laughs> extending his arms about to say, you know, will you marry me? But she doesn't see it. She does not n- realize at this moment that oh it's going to That would happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he gets yeah he gets stiffed a little bit um sad we, we'll see how that plays out as the film progresses but so we we do know Kristoff does have uh marital intentions um but anna is unaware um, and then yeah there's this musical number i don't know the name of the song that elsa sings as she's being summoned by the magical voice I love the uh, I love the magical voice. I oh man, there's so much going on in this that we didn't even talk about yet. And I love when she's hopping from stone to stone and her hair is flying free. Ugh, mm-hmm. every clip. Okay, sorry, keep going. What is it's not unbraided though? It's unbraided. It? Yes, it's oh. flying free. Oh, her hair shoot. is like whipping around. Heather Coy messaged me and said, um. "Oh my gosh, Elsa loses her braid." Like, oh, it's free. It's free. Okay, I've I've been uh, tracking through this trailer non-stop that's okay it's a lot like it's a lot was it was it towards the beginning i think I it's like... more middle it's when she's hopping from tall stone to tall stone oh it's this the oh oh yes it's free it's wild and free the, the, the magical she creates these like magical pillars that she's running across and that's when she's in her outfit when she's like taking on the ocean and the ocean spirit mm-hmm. um and I, I'm guessing that's after well, that's well into their adventures in the enchanted lands. Um, and uh, they do get separated at some point. Uh, it, it's fairly clear because there is that clip from like the first trailer where Anna is alone and she's in like this, you know, rock cavern. So, yeah, th- there will be some aspect of them trying to reunite. Um, I don't know. Awfully treacherous with awesome. these rock creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how did they survive that? Um, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so I guess that concludes our Frozen 2 analysis. For now. For now. <laughs> um, all right, so so D23, uh, did it capture the magic of Disney? Is this for... a different episode? This is this is the same episode. We're we're <laughs> doing like a whole, full on just like welcome back podcast. style. <laughs> welcome back, uh, three hours. You know, you just have to be. No, it's not going to be three hours. Um, but we're anything's kind of on the table. All right, sorry. Keep going. No, uh, what, what um, the we recently experienced uh, D23 Expo 
of the three of us, the Thod Squad. Uh, we also did some Disneyland, uh, Ga- Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I got to see that. We drank the um, milk. <laughs> we, uh, we drank the Kool-Aid, the blue milk, and the green milk. Which is not um, <laughs> what's I guess not. with d23 though because like i feel like we need mm-hmm. to put it in order because we did so much over the course of just a few days that i will mm-hmm. easily get off topic so yeah we went to d23 me like roading you guys back in we went to d23 the first time and philip and i have been talking about it like months ago because i think all of us are disney fans we're animation fans and Philip mm-hmm. lives out there and he's like, we should check this out. Like it's now or never frozen Two will be coming out. Like it's going to be the perfect like time to see D23. And then, um, Hannah jumped in and then we had even more friends just throughout the industry of cosplay and, and fandom that joined in too. So we got our tickets months ago and we were newbies. Like we said, like we didn't know exactly how to sign up for panels and things like that. But honestly, for our first time, I think we got, a lot into those three days. Mm-hmm. So that's my little intro about D23. Mm, There's a lot to take in. Yeah, Hannah, what did you think? Um, I really loved that you got to be so in it with all the things. There's a lot more shopping than I thought it would be. <laughs> I didn't go to as many things as you did, but I did love that they let us see all of the costumes. That was probably like my favorite exhibit that we went to at D23. And also seeing Sharpay's car from High School Musical, that was really cool. Um, But I thought it was interesting how it wasn't like there was people on an untouchable like stage 20 yards away. Like it's not like everything was in a theater, which is kind of what I went in thinking Mm -hmm. that there was gonna be like all these little theater setups. But it was literally like masking tape on the floor and you sat down and you you kind of just like blended with all of these people that just had a similar interest than you. And it was a lot more relaxed than I thought it would be. Oh, good. Yeah, I think so, too. They they hosted at this like huge convention center in Anaheim. It's three stories. Um, So when you come in. Well, I mean, even before you walk in, you walk through these food vendors, you see hundreds of cosplayers outside. Um, And once you head inside to that first floor, it's sort of like expo style. Um, We had an opportunity to see, you know, different stands. Some people are selling things like pins or like Disney memorabilia. There's other things like, um, like for upcoming movies. I know they showed, um, there was a Frozen 2 stand, which we can talk about more because that had a little bit more content for us and and everything like sort of pressed into that first floor and then as you move up the floors they have these big spaces for um like shows basically we saw like a broadway section and we the the panels themselves these huge rooms so it did feel a lot less claustrophobic than i expected just because there's so much space that you're never really crammed shoulder to shoulder and i really appreciated that because i thought it was going to be a lot of pushing through crowds, but I didn't get that sense at all. Like you can really stroll along and take your time and sort of do what you want to do. Um, provided you do a little planning ahead of time, which again, we didn't do tons of. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, well, we caught uh, a few panels. I, I saw three. Um, and yeah, there were certainly the opportunity to, 
uh, just stand in line for for some of these panels, uh, like the Vig Studios panel. I don't even think it, it would have been difficult to get um, into that by standing in line. You would have had to wait it overnight uh, <laughs> to to wait in line for that. Yeah, Philip found uh, that out that people were lining up the night before to see, which that. I kind of hated. Like, don't do that. Don't wait overnight. Like. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. Even if you love it, I don't really love the waiting overnight thing. And there was something about how D23 was trying to like stop people from doing it, but they were still doing it anyways. I think they were were setting a limit on it. They were saying like, Mm -hmm. you can't line up Thursday night, but you can line up starting Friday night, something like that. Yeah. And people were like Mm -hmm. sleeping outside for days. It's like, calm down. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, people knew that this was just going to be this really exclusive thing. So yeah, that studios panel, like once it fills up, it fills up and they don't show any of that content outside of the panel. So just the audience who's there, who gets to witness and so many celebrities who are up on stage, um, you know, the the cast of Frozen, I mean, all got up and sang a song Um, and a lot of and and the biggest announcements from that panel weren't even connected to Frozen Um, I think a lot of the news articles to come from that didn't didn't even mention um, the Frozen 2 news because there just wasn't a lot of new information revealed at that panel a lot on the upcoming like you know, Star Wars, uh, episode nine. Um, oh, 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 we'd be amiss if we didn't say yeah. that at that panel. They were probably talking about Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm sure some of you about that because they were pushing Disney Plus. Like, that was the theme of like, G23. Yeah, well, I think Disney Plus was actually Friday. There was a whole separate panel for that as oh, well. Oh, it had its that own was, panel. See, look, I was there yeah, and I missed it. That That's was, all they were talking yeah. about was Disney Plus. Like everywhere you looked, there was a sign telling you about Disney Plus and someone from like Hulu like giving you a button. It was a hot mm-hmm. deal though. I think it's like $3 a month if you would have gone along with their subscription plan that they had available to D23 guests. Mm-hmm. I, I did get that. I did um, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, a good deal. Yeah, Disney Plus, I, um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they, they did have uh, several in their main stage of uh, just really, um, I guess, informative um, panels uh, unveiling their upcoming projects, um, the, the, the Disney Plus uh, content, as well as you know what's coming from their film studios. And then they had other panels in that room um, related to the parks. And you know, Jody, you and I saw the, the Broadway panel. Yeah, I think we should take amazing. a second and tell people about how amazing the Broadway panel was. Philip and I weren't really sure what we were going to do on Saturday. Hannah wasn't able to come along with us. And we walked in and they sort of have the schedule of events. And we're like, well, we should just line up and see if we can get in on this one, this Broadway one, because I love musicals. Philip loves musicals. But we didn't really know exactly what we were getting into. We we were brought into this like atrium area and we took a seat. It blew my mind. Like, it was worth the $250 ticket just to go to this like little one hour performance. And when, when I say little, I mean like it was amazing. It was um, Mm -hmm. these previous Broadway performers kind of coming together and medley style doing show tunes from 
Tarzan, Mary Poppins. They did things from The Little Mermaid, Lion King. Um, they did some stuff from Newsies. They did maybe three songs from all of these really amazing Disney Broadway shows. I was like in tears the whole time because Disney music alone on a CD is amazing. Disney music performed live by professionals is full body chills. It mm -hmm. was honestly like the highlight of my trip. Mm -hmm. And I will go back to D23 with the hopes of catching something like that again, because it really was once in a lifetime um, to hear, you know, Beauty and the Beast sung live and i they did stuff from frozen too of course but but mm -hmm. but it it was amazing so for those listening that are thinking about d23 if they have another like musical number mm -hmm. try to get to it because it's something you'll never forget mm -hmm. yeah so essentially a concert um yeah sung performed by all these you know actors from the history of disney broadway i i, I saw a voice acting panel on Sunday, that was in Hall D23, um, and, and that was really interesting. They brought on the actors for um, several of the Disney princesses, uh, Paige O'Hara was there, Jody Benson, Anika Nani Rose, Linda Larkin, uh, Ali Cravalho, uh, Moana. Uh, she sang a song during the panel, uh, the voice of Moana. Um, you were really, in on that one, Philip? Really impressive. I did. I, uh, it was Heather and I. Went, went to that oh yeah after yeah you guys had kind of i think gone home you were kind of we took a minute because you had a much a you had a much longer it's week. hot there well you had been at disneyland leading up to d23 which was impressive to say the least um and yeah so i don't know overall uh i, I know jody you and i saw like this other panel that was uh, like a documentary series on Disney Plus. It was like a, a surprise. They hadn't announced what the topic of the panel was. It was it was interesting. I I loved the little moment though. Uh, like we were standing in line for the Broadway panel, and then the host of that um, <gasps> documentary series panel walked by. I was like, "Hey, it's <laughs> the guy's name is Jeffrey Epstein." Oh, he <laughs> was hilarious. He was having some mic issues. And so like we had to tell him that he covered like a superstar, which I don't even remember what happened because I black out when I talk to anyone who's been on a stage because they're more famous than me. But <laughs> they all the people working for Disney, this is me like it makes sense. But all the people working for Disney, whether it's the like MC or whoever you bump into there, like they're all having the time of their lives working for this company. And so I don't think he minds that we like fanboyed. I fangirled over him. I was like, great job with the mic. And then I fainted. I think it made his day. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, he's like the VP of marketing and he like is in charge of the whole D23 event basically. Um, and then, yeah, he was hosting the, the, this panel with, uh, and then, yeah, they had a few hiccups, but he, it, he was, uh, he was great. He had a great onstage presence. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, we rightfully complimented him <laughs> as he was strolling past. <laughs> like, hey. uh, but yeah. Unfortunate to be named Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yeah. Family. It's not the year to have that last name. Like I would be changing it. Yeah. Not that Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> um, well, uh, Anyways, I, I really enjoyed Galaxy's Edge. We should probably wrap wrap things up. Um, 
we'll we'll be hearkening back to these experiences um, plenty of times in our future conversations because uh, it was just such a rich, um, really fully immersed. And I know this is a you know, podcast conversations about animation. It's not you know specifically a Disney podcast or anything, um, but. I think we're within our right to uh, <laughs> to wave our banners, if you will. Right. Well, they, and they uh, talk about animation probably at D23. We just didn't catch it because we didn't mm -hmm. plan so well. <laughs> yeah. And they announced a new Disney animated feature, uh, Raya uh, and the Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. Um, Ray, Raya, Raya. Uh, looks very like uh, East Asian themed. Uh, fan, very fantastical. Um, and then there was um, the Pixar movie, Soul, that they revealed um, with Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that looks pretty interesting. Almost like Inside Out, but more of like the afterlife and what the soul is like. Um, and um, yeah, the... The, the new Pixar film Onward, um, they, they revealed a bit more about that. Um, so just a slight glimpse of what's to come. Exciting things ahead, but I think Frozen 2 takes the cake as far as Disney projects that we're like waiting patiently for. Yeah, I, I really am going to be thrilled by Frozen 2 based on the visuals alone. I mean, I hate to say that it makes me sound kind of uh, like a sucker, but um, just from what I've seen, like um, the story, the story does have to be good, but um, you know. I think it will be good. They yeah. know the whole world is watching them carefully when it comes to the sequel. It's not something they're going to try to slide by with something just flashy. Like I'm mm -hmm. guessing they put all their best minds on this project. So I don't think we need to stress out too much. And like you said, the visuals mm -hmm. alone will be captivating. So even mm -hmm. if the story's a little off, it's still going to probably be a 10 out of 10 movie experience. I think so. I'm, I'm going to see it like 20 times. <laughs> I know as soon as we get off here, I'm like watching the trailer again with the sound because I've been watching it without the sound over and over again as we speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I just can't wait. All right. Well, Hannah, any final thoughts? Have you come around on the trailer at all? Honestly, like I'm a little less confused than I was at the beginning. I was never not going to watch it. So I'll definitely be tuning in to Frozen 2 and at the edge of my seat for more information. Um, hopefully it's everything that we've dreamed of all of this time. And honestly, Disney's not one to disappoint. So here we go. Yeah, here we go. All right. And plus, I found out we get to see Elsa unbraided. Elsa unbraided, <laughs> a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's to uh, future Frozen streaming series, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, like I, It'll be the opposite of Tangled. Yeah. It'll be unbraided. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have been your host of the Thoughtcast, Conversations About Animation, Philip Elke. Uh, thanks for listening you can find us on uh, spotify stitcher soundcloud apple podcasts uh, google play hopefully um 
that is our website, bodcast.com, T-H-A-W-E-D-C-A-S-T, all one word. Um, thanks so much. I'm joined by, um, you, you want to go first, Jody? I would love to go first. Want. Yeah, thanks guys for listening. Um, you can always follow me on Instagram. It's Jody Pulaski, J-O-D-I-P-O-L-A-S-K-Y. And definitely catch out our upcoming episodes. We've been busy this summer, but we're super excited to be coming in strong with consistent content as the the weeks go on hannah um you can find me on instagram too at hannah lee l-e-i-g-h ever after like fairy tales and i'm so excited to be back on the podcast thawing out and giving some warm hugs Cute. warm hugs everyone bye-bye magical magical week bye bye bye